This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we have a very super exciting episode packed full of great information on gemstones, on rocks, minerals, and all kinds of information. We're going to be talking today about um, Tanzanite, 10 facts on Tanzanite. It's red hot right now. It's been in the news all the time. We're going to talk about an underwater cave where an ancient mine was discovered. We're going to talk about a new blue mineral discovery um, in Hibonite, and we'll talk about that at some uh, length. We'll also talk about the mine uh, in uh, the Jade Mine where um, some 170 miners were unfortunately killed. We'll talk about that. Um, We're going to talk about Western Australia. It's home to the world's oldest mineral. And also, if we have time, we're going to talk about what's vogue in jewelry right now, and you might be very surprised. There's also a diamond secret and a brand new rock and uh, mineral find in Arizona for gemstone. All right. So before we get into it, though, guys, I just want to tell you Radical Rocks is here to help educate, to build community. We do this primarily through uh, we're migrating to the MeWe platform. I will leave that address in the description here of the podcast and also our blogs at radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. You look at any one of our um, dozens of interesting educational blogs there on rocks, all things rocks and minerals. You will be able to get links to all of our social media, our YouTube videos, And we ask you to subscribe because we are trying to give back to rockhounding and lapidary, keeping these things alive. So let's get right into it, guys. Um, One thing I don't want to forget um, is this Arizona discovery. It's a 2020 discovery. Um, And by the way, when you look at our podcast, I think we've got almost 50 podcasts right now. And even if it's about news or whatever it is, these are not dated. These are timeless. Um, the information that is in those, there's very little dated material. I, we may mention a show from time to time or something like that, um, a gem and mineral show. But for the most part, this is information about rocks, gems, and minerals and locations that are going to be of interest to you and also some uh, fossil information on fossils and things like that so this information is pretty timeless when you subscribe to our podcast be sure and go through and uh, listen to several of those and if you have any ideas or you would like to be part of a show you've got an idea we've got some interviews and things like that let us know about that too okay sorry i diverged i just wanted to mention that so let's get back into this new discovery um, in arizona it's a new gemstone. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. They found it around um, Scottsdale, Arizona. It's They call it Sonorite. And this mineral, um, it has uh, gold and silver. It's actually from a gold mine. Gold, silver, sometimes copper, any variety of these minerals that's in it. Um, it sounds like it has some epidite and some uh, calcite-type minerals in it, but it's also siliconized. It's very hard, 7 on the hardness scale. Um, they are not selling very much of it. It's really hard for them to get out, and um, what they are selling is a dollar a gram. So, um, you know, it's a little bit pricey, but you can look that up if you want. I found a YouTube video on it, um, uh, so you can check that out if you want. 
but uh, it's called uh, if you look up uh, new lapidary rock discovery 2020 on your Google videos um, Arizona introduced at the uh, Tucson gym and it will be on a YouTube video new gemstone found in Arizona and it's featured by uh, news 4 of Tucson if you want to check that out a little bit more okay so let's get into some of our other exciting um, topics one quick little fact about diamonds you may not be aware but um, there is a little secret about a diamond um, when you think about the crown jewels when you think about those fabulous jewels that are there in England that the Queen would wear draped around her this um, monstrous stone these type of stones they say were formed some 400 miles deep in the earth and the largest diamond the Cullinan diamond the largest gem quality diamond ever found weighing an incredible 3106.75 carats giant stone it was cut into many many different smaller stones which were set into the crown jewels of Britain and now the US researchers have probed the ancient origins of these giant diamonds and found that they are from super deep in the earth's mantle now if you want to find out more about this article um, you can go to www.ancient-origins.net and uh, there's an article there that was written by Ashley Coey um, on June the 28th so you can check that out if you want it's pretty neat now just a little tribute to a gentleman here um, his name is Shane Kimbrough and the article is on uh, July the 22nd the Mariposa Gazette that's here in, in uh, California um, he was just 59 years old but uh, you know it mentioned here that uh, he once was a hydraulic miner and he became uh, very interested in the love of rocks and minerals so this was definitely a rock hound and a gem and mineral enthusiast here um, he had several other hobbies here but uh, hey may you move on to um, you know pan in those streets of gold and um, rock hound in in that next journey of yours so just wanted to give a little recognition to him okay here's a pretty story a uh, pretty neat story the most ancient minerals ever known come from our friends in Western Australia okay and uh, we've got so many people listening in from many different countries and in some of our groups our Facebook group I've got a couple friends from Australia some really great friends um, they've become even though it is just on social media um, so definitely a shout out to uh, my friend uh, Shane Smith out there and all his contributions but in Western Australia they have found what they feel is the oldest minerals on the face of the earth they're dating them 4.4 billion years um, hey I could talk about the dating techniques and what I think of them but this is what they say and I'm just going with what the article says it says these are zircon crystals and they occur this old in a huge abundance so this is a very scientific and uh, educational and cultural value here that they want it recognized and preserved and um, 
You can read more about the article if you want. You go to www.migragreennews, um, M-I-R-A-G-E-N-E-W-S.com, migranews.com. And you can check that out if you want to find out more about those ancient zircon minerals. Now, if you're into hip and cool jewelry, um, you want to be in vogue. Uh, interestingly, on uh, www.vogue.co.uk, our friends in uh, the UK there, the United Kingdom, there's a great article here um, that was written by Carol Walton on July the 3rd. And she talks about, uh, the title is Summer Perfect Rock Crystal Jewelry is About to Be Everywhere. Now, I was expecting to see, um, you know, crystals and things like that. But surprisingly, um, what's in vogue is a lot of minimalists as far as diamonds are concerned. There's kind of a um, movement to, you know, not have diamonds because of the blood diamond thing and um, things like that. Just they're so expensive too. Um, a lot of other rocks and minerals are being used um, to be in this modern jewelry. And you look at the article here, and there's somebody with this really cool blue, it looks like turquoise ring and some inlays, um, other interesting. They're using some of these minerals like fire opal, turquoise, blue topaz, falcon eye, pink opal, and reversible colors. So some of it is actually using um, design tweaks, it says. Um, so they're kind of meshing this together. But they're using rocks that are interesting. They're using doublet techniques, um, and the old Victorian lapidary method, you know, where you can allow the darker color to kind of bleed through and then give it some dimension. Um, so all kinds of neat things that they're doing that are very hip and uh, cool right now for the younger crowds. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, now here's an article that um, kind of had a hard time getting it. Let's see, okay. I did finally find it at Edmont, edmontonjournal.com, E-D-M-O-N-T-O-N journal.com. And it was, uh, it says, it's July 3rd. It says, Canadian scuba diver in Mexico accidentally discovers vast prehistoric industrial complex. But the original article that I found on, um, oh gosh, what's that called? I can't even think. Uh, National Geographics, which they want you to subscribe. So uh, they kind of tease you and then you can't see the article. But I found it somewhere else where I just told you on that uh, journal. Um, it is an old mine, an ancient mine. Um, they think it's thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. But they were swimming, looking at a lot of these caves, and someone spotted another very obscure cave that was accidentally discovered. And um, they started looking at it, and there's these piles of rocks that are in there that looked very deliberate. And as they kept investigating, they started finding these tools in there. They found uh, old burn marks on the ceilings where people had been in there with torches, you know, long, long ago. And they figured out that this wasn't actually an old ochre mine where the ochre is like a red mineral. And they would use that to paint on baskets and on pottery and to put on their faces and you know, for ceremonies and things like this. So they found this, and uh, it's really interesting 
that uh, they've located this, and it makes me wonder, you know, how many more of these type things that just haven't even be, been discovered yet that are under there? Probably a lot. I'm I'm sure we'll hear more and more of these things, um, and maybe even at deeper um, levels or areas that haven't been um, scuba dived as much as what you would expect, you know, around the um, coastal shelves of the Caribbean and the Caribbean islands. I mean, that's got to be in Mexico where so many people are diving. You would think everything would be discovered, but yet here it is, another new discovery. So now I want to tell you this. I think this is a pretty cool topic. Um, This is the discovery, the technology behind the discovery of a new blue hue. And um, it it popped up on my searches when I was trying to find some really good stuff to talk to you guys about, really cool stuff. Um, It popped up, and I thought, well, what the heck does this have to do with rocks and gems? And as I dug in, I found out quite a bit. So bear with me as you find out about this interesting new color pigment and why it's important. Um, It was, uh, the article is in marketplace.org. And um, the article came out, it's Jess Burns, and it was dated July 3rd, the technology behind the discovery of a new blue hue. And they have these pictures of this powdered pigment that is like an electric, vibrant blue. And they said this is the first new blue pigment discovered in more than 200 years. There's just not a lot of choices, and a lot of them are very expensive. And also, some of them are toxic. And also, many of them use a lot of energy to be able to create these blue pigments. Blue is very popular. Well, this one actually isn't as toxic, and it's much more energy efficient and um, pretty cool. So they they figured out this discovery, um, you know, by using this material while they were doing another scientific experiment. I think they were trying to figure out ways of doing computers or something like that, um, checking out things that um, would work. And they found this this uh, paint, which they call uh, Yilin, it's L, excuse me, Y-L-N-M-L-M-N blue, highly heat reflective. Um, and it's being licensed for use, but we're going to talk about where it comes from. Now, what they did to really make it, it comes from hibnonite. Hib, hib, hibonite. Hibonite is usually found in meteorites, okay? But we're going to talk about it more. And they added a little bit of cobalt to it, and this just made this wildly blue-colored pigment just so intense. Um, there's a video on here if you want to check it out. But um, this is going to really help... Uh, make it much more expensive. Hopefully it lasts a long time too, you know. Um, they're hoping uh, also that they found some other things to help uh, with the color red, so that ought to be cool. But anyway, this height, I went ahead and did some research on it. Let me pull it up here. Um, it is a mineral that also, it's not just from um, from uh, meteorites. It occurs in various colors with a hardness of 7.5 to 8. It has a hexagonal structure. Um, this is just your, uh, you know, wiki wiki type um, definition here. And it is rare, but it's found in a high-grain metamorphic rocks in Madagascar. Um, also, some pre-solar grains in primitive meteorites consist of hibnonite. So I'm thinking, you know, they might be able to find this in some sand somewhere that could be collected too, where they won't have to do so much um, mining. I'm thinking... You know, I guess I shouldn't think out loud. I may be coming up with a great idea here, but um, 
let me get into a little bit more about where um, they are finding. Oh, no, 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 that's the wrong article. There was one other bit of information I wanted to tell you about Hibnonite, and I got to find it here. I think it's this one. No. Darn. Well, I guess that's about it. Um, the locations. Um, I know there was the one in Madagascar. Well, anyway, so that's basically about the Hibnotite. Um, oh, I remember what it was. It also has been declared as a new gym mater- material by the um, the Gymologist Society, AIGS, okay? And they have, if you go to their site, gia.edu, and look up Hibnonite, it's H-I-B-O-N-I-T-E, you're going to see a whole white paper on the new mineral. And they've got, it looks like about a quarter carat or so, really beautiful crystal. Now, it's not blue. It looks kind of a reddish brown, but it comes in gem quality. I imagine this is probably pretty, pretty rare. And they find it in um, Myanmar. Now, that happens to be, I had a picture of it, that happens to be um, by Bangladesh and Burma, just south of um, China, in that part of the country. And we're, and we're actually going to talk about that part of the country again in a minute, which is pretty interesting how some of these stories just happen to tie in in my research and such for today's show. So uh, pretty neat mineral there, pretty neat um, facts and things that could happen. So let's find out what the other part of this area, my Myanmar, um, is also the location of some of the most fabulous jade in the world. Um, we've been hearing all about Tanzanite in the um, online um, world. It's that wonderful discovery, but... This is a horrible uh, tragedy that happened. There were a lot of people killed in a mass landslide in uh, Myanmar in the in their jade mine. And um, this article comes from WTVBAM.com and um, looks like it came out last Wednesday. You can look it up Saturday, July 4th, excuse me, and it's written by Thompson of uh, Reuters. So... Um, really sad here. There was over 170 people killed. Um, this area here is kind of a secret billion-dollar jade industry where some of the finest jade in the world comes from. A lot of it's bought up from um, uh, China and um, Asian countries and stuff. But, uh, you know, this area is suffering. These people are really suffering. It is probably one of the main um, things they have there for money. They don't make a lot of money, but this is a uh, uh, billions of dollars a year that they find uh, in jade. And this funds uh, the country's armed conflicts between other rebels that are fighting for uh, to trying to take over in the region. So it's that, that part of it's kind of sad, but the poor people that live there, they, they need this. They rely on this uh, jade. It's a jade-rich area, and... Um, it's it's the same country where the Hibnonite comes from that we were talking about. All right, I think we are getting to our conclusion. Um, I have one more topic here that I can think of. Um, we have Tanzanite, 10 facts about the valuable stone found in Tanzania. 
Now, we know that a huge uh, finding was uh, something else, really incredible. Um, the man found those, uh, tan those tanzanite stones that weighed, I think one was 12 pounds, one was 9 pounds uh, in America weight, in American weight. Um, but tanzanite is made up of calcium, silica, and aluminum. And it's very interesting um, because it is of very high commercial importance. The gem uh, is very localized to Tanzania. It's the only place in the world it's found, about eight square miles within this area, close to the foot of Mount Kilimanjaro. Um, it is a zoisite mineral, given the trade name of uh, tanzanite by the Tiffany and... Uh, Tiffany and Company instead of blue zoisite, which is what it actually is. And they wanted to create interest in this and give it a more snappy name. Um, and it seems to be working very well. It's more precious than diamonds um, because of this little location. Almost all of these stones um, will be mined in the next 10 to 20 years. So um, it is the first tanzanite crystal. This is the second point. Um, it is the second most popular blue gem after sapphire, and um, it the man who found it uh, is actually still alive. He's accredited, and uh, I don't know how to say his name, but uh, he was a tribesman called Ali Juyawatsa, and I'm probably saying that wrong. Apologize, but uh, there's a picture of the guy who found the two huge stones, and he was paid $3.3 million in U.S. money. Um, and he's already going to work and spending money um, on the town and um, planning a school and a big shopping center. So the third point is this mineral actually exhibits three different colors. Um, you may have seen it and you think, oh, oh it's kind of bluish or it's kind of light purple or dark purple. But it is a pleochrosum. And I'm probably saying that wrong, but it refers to the physical property that makes it appear different colors when viewed from different directions. So it may look blue. It may, from one position, it may look uh, violet from another and almost red from different directions. So because of these three different colors, tanzanite can be uh, said to be a trichotic, tri, trichotic mineral. And it also makes it very difficult to cut the gem because, you know, you just, what are you going to cut it? You know, if it's, if it's this direction or that direction, it depends on the shape of the stone. So if you have the opportunity, you want to cut it the way where you get to see the most beautiful colors um, of all, the most desirable colors. Um, and those, uh, it also has become the official, this is the fourth point, it has become the official birthstone for December. Um, for whatever reason, it was uh, adopted by the American Gym Trade Association in 2002, and that's uh, that doesn't happen very often that uh, these birthstones are changed around by these organizations. Five, um, the two gemstones, uh, the weight we already talked about those 9.27 kilograms and 5.103 kilograms, which uh, was several pounds for each one of them. I think one was 12 and one was nine pounds. Um, they named uh, the biggest tanzanite that was mined prior to this, um, which was, I think it was only like uh, a few pounds. It was nothing in comparison to these latest ones. And they named it uh, after the Manswinza, the second highest peak of Mount Kilimanjaro. 
And uh, what else? What else? The 6. The hardness is 6.5 on the Mohs scale, so it is nice and hard. It will wear pretty well um, uh, in general, but it's still not a 7 or an 8 or a 9 or like a dime in the 10. So you do have to be careful that you don't scratch it, um, if, especially if you're wearing other rings and necklaces around it. Um, if it touches other stones or whatever, that could be um, that could be bad. So be careful when you wear it. Don't wear it for every day. Uh, it needs special care um, as well. Now, seven, most tanzanite undergoes a heat treatment. Most people don't know that. There's very, very small amount um, that does not undergo a heat process. That really doesn't um, change its value much. Um, the natural color that is super, super dark and verified is very, very rare, and that is number eight. The saturation is the way of valuing um, its rarity. So when you have some of these stones, even with heat treatment, they're only going to get so dark, depending on the mineral content of them. But uh, the darker they are, well, of course, the more valuable they are. And uh, blue, the dark blue, which is almost a... Um, uh, more of a violet um, when it, as it gets lower and then to almost a, a kind of a purple but the darker blue they are it seems to be that those are the most valuable ones um, nine tanzanite was formed they say 585 million years ago um, but it was a unique force that was in play when it was developed when it was born it was under a huge amount of uh, force during the tectonic plate activity around Kilimanjaro you can imagine that would have been a specialized situation in there during the geological process of the uplifting and those tectonic plates hitting tenth um, production of the gemstone is about twenty million dollars US dollars very expensive um, a lot of people's lives depend on um, these gemstones to survive day to day, <clears throat> and it is becoming rarer and rarer. So not investment advice, but if you want to invest in a gemstone, this could be a really good one. The values continuing to go up. Um, and people are buying gemstones right now. A lot of people are putting a little side bet into gemstones during these tumultuous uh, times and financially unstable times around the world. So that might be something you would be interested in doing too. So um, other than that, there was a um, uh, discovery. Uh, there is a discovery show about cowboys and dinosaurs. I don't have the date. Um, they wanted me to sign up for email to be able to get more information, so I didn't get that. And also there was a, uh, a real ancient dinosaur discovery in Australia, and they wouldn't let me in that article either, but maybe next week um, or later on this week I'll try to get some more information on that for you. So with that, guys, um, again, just check out the links in the description, radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. Check out our MeWe site, our YouTube. Support us. Um, we are helping get the word out there. We are making a lot of educational videos and information and blogs that can be printed out to help you with your shop, with uh, ideas. We're building a community. We want to keep rock hounding alive. We're donating a, per, uh, a percentage of our proceeds will go to do that, um, to give to educational, um, like lapidary groups that are, you know, providing education to young children and getting out there and getting the community involved in lapidary arts, um, silversmithing, you know, beading, 
um, cabochon making, sphere making, cutting and polishing geodes, going on rock hounding trips in local areas. And our ultimate goal is to keep rock hounding open. So that's kind of our, our motto and our goal and our vision. So please try to be a part of it. We're not asking for any money. We're just asking for you to give us your attention on social media so that we can uh, be monetized that way and push forward this agenda of education and preservation for rock hounding and lapidary arts. Remember, rock hounds don't die, they petrify.